Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including OKKO, Let's Be Heroes, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hi. Uh, You can find our previous discussions about OKKO at OverlyAnimated.com, as well as our discussions about all, all other animated shows we cover here. Uh, You can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes or on your preferred podcatcher. Wherever you listen to us, we appreciate any ratings and reviews. You can leave us to let us know what you think about our show. But yeah, today we are going to be discussing the season one finale of OKKO titled You're in Control. Which uh, which aired on TV on fr- on Friday then the um April the sixth yes April the sixth yeah and so that that was a little new because we've been used to covering episodes that are released uh, on the app all together in like groups of five or six so whenever it's an episode like this where we can watch live and like get re- like immediate reactions it's a bit <laughs> it, it, it's an experience that was once a common thing in television but today is but a delicacy. <laughs> Delicacy is true. That was a true way to evaluate it. I, I'm so spoiled on watching stuff online in terms of you get to pause and play anytime you want. I had to rewatch it later that night when it came up on the app because, you know, I couldn't fully see it. I had Sometimes I had to do something, leave room for a second or miss certain scenes. Yeah, and sometimes there's those pesky commercial breaks yeah. that make you like, yeah. oh, well, wait, what just happened in the previous <laughs> segment? <laughs> Well, funny how old TV yeah, used yeah. to work. And Fridays, oh, and Fridays like one of busy night for me. So, like I said when it came out, I was like, "Why can't I stick on Monday? Mondays are so much better nights for me." <laughs> no, fr- Friday is perfect because it gave us the entire weekend to digest this, and now we are here ready, ready, ready to discuss. So, Michelle, you seem excited about no, this. No, I don't want. want- I don't- I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into the Boxman discourse yet. I want to like stay high on all the great things. Yeah, give your general impressions of the finale. Like, okay, first, what did you like, and then what did you not like? I like like ninety nine percent of the decisions that were made for this two part finale. Like, oh my god, that like we could get a sense just from the promo that the animation was gonna be kicked up like several notches. And it was such a like the whole the whole thing was just so beautifully, lovingly crafted with attention to like the most zany, cartoony like expressions and gestures. And the action sequences were just so over the top and just like gorgeous to watch it was just all it it encapsulated in my opinion everything i just love so much about the first season of okko and it just felt like a real culmination of that love and like character devotion and just like oh it was so good i was so happy just there there were so many times i wanted to just like screen grab expressions but it piled up so quick i was like i can't <laughs> keep up like i just i just got to enjoy it as is There's too many to count but it was so good i loved it okay i'm steve yeah, you, what were your initial reactions after going through the finale oh i loved it um i i i, I loved the I love that Dendi played more of a role than I thought she was going to. Mm. And just me, or I thought that whole Dendi, when she first appeared, yay, sing, and, and you put the whole, like, stuff around her. I thought maybe they're trying to develop some relationship between Ko and Dendi, but I guess not. Not yet. Not yet. Well, well I mean, they went <laughs> as far as, like, Dendi literally saying, I love you. <laughs> like, that was just the sweetest thing. Uh, my, my heart was melted anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, Dendi always does that. Um, that's just to me. Um, hmm. What else? Oh, um, I, I said before, um, I thought um, the whole t- recruiting Ko to our side and how that would resolve... I don't know, RKO in that scene, he reminds me of... TKO, you mean. Oh, TKO, I'm sorry. TKO, he reminds me of Jasper just a bit. Yeah! Oh my god, Steve, yes! His raspy voice, I thought that too! Watch (laughs) that! Yo, I'm into this, why am I into it? Oh, it sounds like Jasper. I think Steven knows what to... I think we know what Steven needs to do to, I guess, get Jasper on our side. Just get her a punching bag. bag, Maybe maybe Rose's picture on it, and... (laughs) Oh my god, yes! That would be perfect! <laughs> he just wants and, someone to fight. Um, and maybe not keep him in the cage of corruption. 
Yeah. 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 That was a good call, <laughs> KO. Good thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, it's great. Um, I do have to admit, I know, Michelle, you're going to be very mad at me, but I do have to admit that Daryl was hilarious throughout the episode. And this is the first I like Daryl. And, and one thing I noticed, is- I noticed, though, this might be the first episode I noticed that Daryl and Rad are voiced by the same actors. Oh, yeah, they're both Ian. They're, Ian crops up a lot. He's also crinkly wrinkly, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I. it, it was a... Uh, it's a fun episode. It wasn't as big a stake as I thought since it was just pretty much Boxman. It wasn't like no no doctor or professor villainous. Was he a professor or a doctor? I don't professor. remember. Professor, okay. He's Dr. Professor. <laughs> Dr. Professor V. Yeah. And, I, and I thought it was really smart how Boxman tried to pretty much keep his secret of being obsessed with the plaza from the board members. Uh-huh. Yeah, And how he was this Miss Proud Daddy to Boxman Jr. and the watching the whole thing in the theater. A mini me of him, right? He basically made a mini me. Why hadn't he done this before? Is my question. Like he's so selfish. I think Villainous. I think. Yeah, you think? I think Villainous had to give him the idea, perhaps. He needed that chip to really like make it a big deal. Yeah, but Yeah. yeah, and um, I don't know. I'm and. And seeing how the big status quo changed at the end, I'm I'm hoping perhaps maybe now if they're not going to focus on attacking the plaza, maybe the chance at least for for limited time, the uh, robot children, you know, Shannon and um, uh, Raymond, and you know, and the rest can become pals with our protagonist at least for a little bit. Oh. You just want everybody to be friends, don't you? Oh, no, conflict only, friendship. <laughs> I feel like KO would love that idea. I, I know. <laughs> well, I'm just saying for a limited time at the very least, because I don't, I don't think they're really bad people, these robots. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. They're like Team Rocket-esque, yeah. and Team Rocket, they're yeah. not really evil. Totally. Yeah, well, we'll get a little bit more into like what this means for the future of the show. But yeah, just my general thoughts on the finale. I think Michelle encamp- encapsulated it well. We're like, this is kind of the best of OKKO OK yeah. in like one little package because it's got all the goofiness of it. Like you got Rad and Eden being. The I think they give they give so them the cute. snake thing. They yeah. give them the most goofiest faces that I think I've seen mm-hmm. in a while on this show. Yeah. But also you have, like, the emotional moments of, like, Dendi and KO bonding. You got Carol and Mr. Gar working together for the first time what feels like forever. And you got all the fight sequences for people who like that stuff. I do do agree that uh, there were moments there that especially felt very fluidly animated. And we got a little bit extra of the plot thing with, like, TKO and KO, like, coming to grips with each other and eventually coming to that agreement. So, like, it really does feel like a blending of all the elements that we've praised OKKO in the past for all together in one little episode. Mm -hmm. And at least to me, I think that it was wrapped up perfectly (laughs) in, like, the the goofiest and yet the most exciting moment of this entire episode where Lord Botsman is revealed to to the board. He gets shot out of a cannon into the sun, Uh and we got... Daryl in his cowboy outfit. I cannot believe Cowboy Daryl is the new daddy. The like new daddy of all the hot, for all the hot takes, that's got to be the hottest. Well, no, like, let me know, Michelle. What don't you like about Cowboy Daryl being the new daddy? <laughs> the issue with this is that. I mean, I, I can't even be like, oh, like, I never really appreciated how great Boxman was until he was ripped away. Because I always was Team Boxman. I always loved him. I always thought he was great. And this he's just such a great, memorable character. I think that's the only reason this hurts so much. Like, of course I like Cowboy Daryl. He's a very rare card in his own right. But to, to usurp Boxman and to have Boxman potentially be, like, God forever this early in the show it like totally destroyed me it destroyed me friday and it destroyed me over the weekend and like i've had a few days to sleep on it but i'm still like really upset like for the for the people listening like i was like so overcome like i went on our discord and i was like you guys i'm like a reasonable person usually like i'm an adult 
Like, I, I, I don't get mad about stuff like this usually, but, like, I, like, legit wanted to talk to the show people and be like, you guys, please tell me Boxman's coming back. Like, I need to be consoled because, like, I didn't know this would upset me more than, like, anything ever in my life, but it really did. <laughs> and I still kind of feel that way. Well, I, I, when I saw the episode, I didn't, I don't think he's gone forever. I think perhaps we might have... In season two, a boxman in the wild type episode. Ludo in the wild. Yeah, Ludo. yeah re- reference to our Star Versus the Forces of Evil coverage for people who don't watch that. But yeah. but yeah, like I, I do think that the way it's portrayed, it is so goofy. It, like to the point where like, he hits the sun and then the sun is just like, oh, well, what was on my back? <laughs> like the, it, this is such a goofy show that I think that like the, the door is open there for this to not be permanent, for this to be a joke. But, like, it, it's so much more interesting to think about, like, you getting rid of your villain. That who, Like, he was the, the silly one, but he was menacing at times. But to get rid of him after one season and to shift to one of his children taking over yeah, the business. Well, like, well, well, it, yeah, like, to well, me, Voltron that's a very did, interesting direction. Well, uh, well, Voltron did that recently. They got rid of, uh, what's his name, in favor of Lotor. So, I guess Cowboy Darrow is the Lotor of the show. Well, see, it's a bit early because Lodor has charisma. Like, Daryl, I enjoy, I enjoy him. I, I enjoy his presence, and I think that that cowboy moment is just perfect. But it remains to be seen if he can, like, if he can carry an episode. Although, I guess we've had robot children episodes in the past. Like, they've shared the spotlight. Well, let's be real here. What I really think, though, I don't think Daryl's like the new boss. I think he's pretty much a puppet of... Cosma and the board, so they're like the real boss, and he's just more of a, a puppet. He's more easily obeyable puppet than Boxman was. He'll do what they say. So in reality, that's the new boss for now. That's I'd- certainly an, another option we could introduce because the board has been kind of background characters for the most part. So it would it would be an, another step to like introduce that side as villains, maybe more prominently than they've been in the past. But that, that's the that interpretation is- I got was Daryl's going to mm-hmm. be the puppet to the board. I do think Daryl probably hasn't quite thought this entire plan through because it seems like his main motivation was like, even at the end when he's like putting Boxman in a can, he's like, aren't you proud of me? I like out eviled you. But I don't think he's really realized like, oh, I'm in charge now. I have to run this whole thing. I can't go off and fight with my siblings across the street anymore. I'm cowboy Daryl, dad, Lord cowboy. I don't know. Yeah, Lord but, Cowboy Daryl. Oh his my title god, what a, what a title. <laughs> I mean, like, and how are his siblings going to react to this? Are they going to just be like, oh, you know, he, like, suddenly matured in the span of one episode. Okay, I guess he's our dad now. Are they going to give him pushback? Like, I am curious about how that dynamic's going to work out. But Yeah, I just was seeing what they did at Boxman. I think they're afraid of him. I don't think they'll push him back. Yeah, there's two options. They they could have some kind of fear of them, or they want to rebel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, why don't we all be our own dad? If, if Daryl can do it, why can't we? <laughs> and, and, and another thing this raises, if we're getting rid of Botsman, then what exactly was the point of uh, ele- elevating the Botsman-Venomous relationship in those oh, in that second half of the season? That was another one of my favorite relationships. Him and Professor Venomous and, like, Fink, that was, like, so good. And, like, what kind of motivation is Venomous going to have to come back if Cowboy Daryl's in charge and Boxman's just gone? Like, that's another, like, I feel like that's a big thing. The show could really lose getting rid of Boxman, and I'm not okay about that either. Yeah, this definitely, oh, like, uh, the Venomous thing is one thing that I do think would hurt the show if we decide to keep Botsman out permanently. On the other hand, it would be interesting to see a way where, like, Botsman shows shows up again without anybody knowing except Venomous. And, oh, like, like, that that would help, like, secret plans more. I mean, I guess, but what, I mean, what would his new motivation be to, like, steal back his empire or to get back at Cowboy Daryl? Well, I, I have a theory, though, a possibility theory, is that the fact that um, he was replaced by a robot, that perhaps uh, um, Boxman was a robot all along? <laughs> no, I think we've, like, talked about questioning Boxman's backstory, and he seems pretty clearly, like, partially human, partially robonoid. But not a hundred percent robot. Yeah, because he has an obsession for robot babies. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, 
He's got a chicken hand, not a robot hand. Yeah, so uh, the the Botsman story was the big thing coming out of it. But um, actually, what we were what we had been building up in the previous episodes, especially in Action News, was Botsman building this uh, totally new robot. It looked like an an onion baby in that final <laughs> shot of Action News, yeah, and it turned out to be basically like a robot Bowser Junior, pretty much. Oh my god, that's what I say. He looks like Baby Bowser from Yoshi's Island. It made me so happy. I was thinking more from the uh, from um, Super Mario Sunshine. Was it? The, oh, there's, that's there's also yeah, there's <laughs> in iterations. Of yeah, that. but yeah, like, what did you think about his design, Steve? Uh, oh, like I like the design. Um, he seemed a lot uh, less, more smaller than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be this giant, like, monster robot. But I guess they were going for yeah, the Bowser Junior. Or I don't know the. Uh, Mini me type of character arc, character type with his design. Um, the fact he doesn't talk is interesting. He's just all business. He's more <laughs> animal than he's more animal than human. You're I'm saying sure he's more on the Michaela side of the family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Michelle, what were your thoughts? Seeing that this is the culmination of that story. <laughs> I love him. I mean, he's got so many tricks up his baby sleeves. He's got at least like three separate attack things. Like he's got like the the bottle missiles and he had some kind of thing going on with his binky and like he can just like open up parts of his body to like shoot um, at enemies all the time and like morph into different shapes. And I think that's like awesome. Like he's got a lot packed in there. Um, and I just, I don't know, I kind of, like, find it fascinating he's a baby, but, like, he is the most powerful spawn that Boxman has come up with so far, thanks to Venomous's input with the chip, but, like, I was, I was digging him, and even, like, his, like, baby sounds, I was like, this, this is in character, I like this, this is good. (laughs) Yeah, I will say that his, his noises helped me to warm up to him, like, Yeah, I I like his noises. Yeah, I, I wasn't too impressed by the design. It felt a little... I, I never got used to it, and I guess it was only one episode, so I just don't have time to warm up to it like I have to the other robots. But yeah, he's ha- he had his moments. Also, like his whole baby weapons thing was pretty nice, like shooting baby bottle missiles. Yeah. Uh, he, he had, the, the, I think, the best uh, visual gag of his repertoire is the get wrecked baby blocks. Oh, yeah. oh my god, the baby blocks were so freaking hilarious. And I do appreciate that Boxman like transferred his hair foof onto Boxman <laughs> Jr. I appreciate the hair foof a lot. Yeah, it's a def- definitely his son of his father for sure. Absolutely, <laughs> He's clearly um, the favorite. For- yeah, uh, Botsman is also very loose with his favorites. I feel like he cheated. Oh, he- absolutely! Like, why would Daryl ever think he was his favorite? He, I feel like Shannon and Raymond get way more done than he does. So why would he even have delusions? That I mean, the- that's. Like at the beginning, they show that Botsman is using uh, like a hundred copies of Daryl to do all his yeah. work. So. But like, yeah, okay, context of this finale maybe it makes sense, but context of like season as a whole, I don't know about that. Well, yeah, the way I oh break down like if this was like a video game, Daryl would be like stage one boss, and uh, exactly. Shannon and Raymond would be the other, the more advanced stage bosses, mm-hmm. which ranks your level of threat. Uh, where is uh, Ernesto in this hierarchy? <laughs> He's either like I, I feel like he'd be pretty high up there if he was utilized in battle. He might be stage six. He might be like the uh, maybe the second to last stage before you get the Boxman. Of course, of uh, course, okay. Boxman Junior. Yeah. I guess would be like uh, I think the last stage would be Boxman Junior and Boxman back to back to really give a challenge if you want to do that game. Okay, yeah. KO video game. Let's do it, Cartoon Network. Hey, by the way, there is an OK KO video game called there Let's, is. Play, there Let's is. Play Heroes. Um, you can go buy that. Um, <laughs> it's a good game. From what I've seen, it looks really, really fun. Uh, actually, for, for real, though, please check out our, our, our overly animated YouTube channel. Our our fellow um, host, Sam Quattro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Videos. I'll forget about Sam. that amazing let's play for the let's play heroes her her like because i don't think she's watched the show yet so just her impression of interacting with the universe was so freaking hilarious i died oh i'm, oh, I'm hoping next though she does chamber of little witch academia chamber of time wants to see her play that one uh, okay sure, sure whatever but uh, anyway uh 
like going going back into the video game mechanics of this, we also have a sort of boss meeting between KO and TKO in this enclosed space. Um, uh, like it throughout the season, we've been handling KO, dealing with TKO, um, Dendi trying to get KO it's to control so, it's it. It's so anime, though. It's it's pretty much. It reminds me of say Naruto and the uh, nine um the ninth chakra t- talking to each other. That oh, I don't know what that thing's called. Or Ichigo and Hollow Ichigo from Bleach. What's that thing called? Naruto and the Ninth. I don't know. I haven't seen. You're, you're the anime expert. Get it right. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, a, it's the Ninth something. <laughs> I can't tell from my, my head because I wasn't expecting to talk about Naruto. I just popped in my head like that. Like when they had those meetings, like the two ultra eagles of a hero inside their heads. Who has the power? Oh, so this is like an established trope thing. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Very okay. anime, and plus the ending of the first half of the episode and coming to the start of the second half was definitely anime too. The uh, the bumpers. Well, yeah, actually, going back to the trope thing, like it is interesting because I feel like in a lot of episodes when we do this, when we have the normal person and the anti person, usually what ends up happening is the normal person gets rid of the anti person. Yeah, all good. So, like this conclusion of them coming to an agreement and like them sharing the body, sort of thing. Like, I feel like that's relatively unique, and it, it did take me a little... I think the show has been building up to that, but at the same time, it, it still took me by surprise a little bit, and you do have to wonder, mm-hmm. like, is is this going to affect KO in the long run in certain moments? Oh, totally! Oh, absolutely! They set that up! Because remember, like, when um he's walking back towards Carol, Mr. Gar, and the cloud looks, like, all evil, and then he walks, and he's, like, doing a raspberry noise with his tongue, and then later, when they're gonna give him a noogie, he's like, don't touch me! I have a new haircut. Like, I feel like, you know, like, like segments of TKO are like coming out of his personality as a side effect. It seems like the show wants to address that more in season two. But yeah, it seems pretty clear they're going to go that way. Okay. Okay. It's called Naruto in the Nine Tails. That's what it is. The nine- <laughs> what the heck's the Nine Tails? It's this monster that's inside of him. It's, I watch the show. <laughs> Uh, people oh, who watch, boy. I'm sure okay. the people in the Discord actually. will know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Naruto and the Nine Tails. But but I guess though you can be right. You can just his change of behavior. You could just be in a way. It's puberty, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I like about Scam because he is kind of his like emo teenage form, and I love that. <laughs> and now he's going to be a controlled emo teen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I uh, in terms of this being the the decision Ko makes, like. I think it's brilliant, but only in the short term. Giving your alter ego a punching bag to satisfy his craving for fighting is, like, way better than putting him in a cage. Yes, I agree. But I still feel like that also means he he won't be in control. K.O. will still always be the one in control, doing, like, the real stuff in the outside world. And TKO's only going to have that punching bag. And I feel like eventually that might have to be addressed and maybe TKO is going to want more, you know, more control, a full share of half, not just like seeding out his power to, to KO to use for himself. So I think this is a good short-term solution, but I don't know if it can withstand, say like two or three more seasons without, yeah. you know, something happening. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys, because like uh, the way that this is resolved is KO like makes a punching bag appear and TKO seems to be satisfied with just punching this all the time. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that's, that's meant to be taken literally metaphorically? And if it's metaphorically, then what would be the, what would be the consequence of say TKO getting tired of using the punching bag or something along those lines because like i i struggle to think like is is this show trying to make it seem like a kind of literal thing or is this supposed to mean mean, something i thought it was literal but then again maybe it is a metaphor i don't know what's metaphor for um i just thought just a homage to a lot of enemies because a lot like shonen enemies the main character has like this hidden power inside and it's about controlling it before it gets out of control like i said like it's in naruto it's in bleach it's in a lot of like sh- stuff shown in series in Jojo Bizarre Adventure. It's mm-hmm. so yeah. it's, this is a very anime trope. So it's but the interesting thing is that like in controlling it, what he's actually doing is letting the power be Ow. free and like yeah. letting it exert itself on its own. So like it's mm-hmm. a weird way to portray c- control in, in in this way. And now like, I'm starting but, to wonder, perhaps, is Shari figure a good guy? Was he all along just trying to help no, out? No, <laughs> I don't 
don't think so. Wow, I, for, I forgot about it. We stopped. <laughs> the thing about shadowy figure, and I am like pretty convinced shadowy figure might be Ko's dot at this point. Um, because like why else would he know Ko had this power before most everyone else did? Oh, that's again. Like, he has too, you know. Maybe he gave him that power. Leash it maybe, all at once. Maybe he gave him that power, just like in Naruto. He got the nine tails. His dad, his <laughs> parents sort of gave it to him, and. What is the nine tails though? <laughs> okay, so you should go. It's no, it's a monster that's kind okay. of like TKO, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll send, right. send you a wiki about the nine tails okay. after we're done. The the only reason I'm indulging this is because OKKO has done a lot of anime references in yeah, the past, yeah. so this is actually believable. <laughs> yeah, it is believable. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so we are gonna have to deal with more TKO. Um, let's see other big things, I guess, related to TKO. We have Dendi in the finale, which I know we were discussing. Like, is that gonna happen? Is that not gonna happen? And I was surprised at how much Dendi we got. But I, I enjoyed yeah. every moment she was on screen. We, all of us are Team Dendi, so yeah. yay! We need to get Strong. that sound effect for the show. Well, the, the yay! Yeah, we should. We should get our own soundboard just for that. <laughs> yeah but um also just the, the i think the particular sequence that stood out when uh rad and enid are breaking into the factory and trying to stop tko and, and they they fail and then dendy just pops up and like he she's watching tko and uh, botsman jr fight they're making these lines in the sky kind of like planes while she's giving her monologue like that, that that just visually stood out to me as one of the moments where the animation really stuck out i think they're trying to send a message that Dendi should be part of the team. She, they should think of her when it comes to being part of the fighting team when there's an emergency. And they do in this episode. Asset. They really should use her more. And she uh, kind of threw a little shade. They're like, oh, it's a good thing you forgot to bring me because like, I know what to actually do about this. And I was like, hey, that's right, Dendi. You tell them. No. She's the fourth ranger. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Ranger? Because originally it's three. There's KO, Rad, Rad, and Enid. But I thought there were always four, four Power Rangers. Actually, and they actually added no, a better comparison, one. though, she's tough. She's tough. Tough was the fourth Didn't one. It counts for two because she's that, she's that important. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, she might be small in stature, but she counts for two. Uh, we should note that uh, Hope This Flies, which we covered in our last podcast, by production order is technically a season two episode. And, like, the, that episode, like, Rad is still kind of, uh, like, what, Dendi, why are you here, pretty much. Yeah. So uh-huh. you have to wonder if that's going to carry over or not, but I wish it does. Like, I, I really do hope that Dendi is being incorporated into uh, as a real team member going forward. Plus, that episode has the uh, season one opening. Um, are we going to get a new one season two, perhaps, since we change villains? Oh, that, that's actually, like, the one thing I thought was hilarious about Boxman, you know, dying, essentially. It was, like, when he shot out the cannon and oh, he yeah. used the planet and the KO letters <laughs> the intro. I was like, oh, my God, show, you're so amazing. Nah, this is too good. Speaking of, they play the intro music during the fights, which is I incredible. That. I, I, that, I noted that. I was like, oh, my God, now you know it's serious. It's the KO theme song coming back. Only thing though, I'm think they had no lyrics. They're just instrumental. You know, sometimes like in anime, we had this big fight, and they do like they, they show the they do the opening thing. They sometimes include the lyrics to make it more epic. I'm glad they didn't because they didn't. I, at, at least to me, I, I prefer the instrumental over the lyric version. Yeah, I, I still like the song, but like I feel like it would have been distracting to have both. One thing about Dendi, I wrote this down too. Like at the end when she's talking to Ko after he's like, you know, controlled his power finally, and she's like, "Thanks for helping me get like an emotional breakthrough." Like, and she's like congratulating on his like breakthrough with TKO. I'm just like, oh my god, that's so true. Like this is like this this is another culmination because like it's not the like both of these. I, I love friendships that have people both, you know, having some kind of, like, symbiotic relationship going on. Like, Dendi helped KO, like, you know, get used to TKO and harness that power, which is great for him. But he helped her, like, get, like, caring about people and being a good friend and having friends. And, like, the emotional science she refers to. I'm just like, oh, my God, yes! They're both helping each other! And it's, like, an equal relationship, and that's so important! Yay! And, yeah, and we've always had uh, 
Dendi and Rad episode. Uh, now we need a Dendi Enid episode. Well, that. Yeah, actually, that'd be great. Yeah, that, that's one pairing we haven't seen. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely agree that that's part of what makes the Dendi KO relationship just oh. such a fun part to watch of this show. Like it, it is e- almost equal on both sides. Like we see both <laughs> of them improving each other, and and that's just a thing that I guess we. I guess we're we're starting to see that a bit more with relationships and children's programs, but like it's always nice to see it done like this uh, emotionally rewardingly. Dendi yeah. compared to Connie, I'm just. I mean, I think they're I think they're pretty um, fair in terms of being mutually beneficial. I mean, that's the thing I'll say. Like, I I don't ship Stephen and Connie because I just like I think there is such a a drought of like um like you know boy and girl relationships that don't potentially manifest into romantic relationships on TV. Cause I think they're equally important and we don't see them as much, but I do think their relationship is grounded in like a lot of mutual respect and trust. And, and you know, Connie has well-established insecurities about like just being a human and wanting to, you know, fight with Steven and, and feel like she can make a difference. And the show's gone to great lengths to really like, you know, establish her journey with sword fighting and she calls Steven out when he comes back in season five. And like, I think all that's really great. And I feel like Dendi and KO is like pretty similar in terms of just like, they, they care enough about Dendi that they're giving her her own arc too. And it's given a lot of decent time on the show. And I really like that. So I think they're both really good. I think they're pretty strong. Uh, so uh, other assorted things that we haven't uh, really covered. The very beginning of this episode it is begins very cartoonishly with Enid and Rad practicing a dance together. Yeah, and they reference Chaos Video Channel, which is just a really nice hint to the continuity, the loose continuity, but the continuity of the show, which I really liked. Yeah, and it just just like it reminds us, like, hey, they actually they're friends with Ko. Like they'll actually do this for him. <laughs> Watch you like. Like, Rad gets so upset when Kale's like, no, not today. And I'm just like, yeah, Rad is a softie. That's right. He was heartbroken. Like, he just stayed there frozen like a statue in tears. Um, we, we did mention the later gag that they, like, turn into snakes as they follow around Kale and Dendi. I love it. It's just like so over the top, and it fits the show's tone so well. I love the whole, the spinning juice gag when Kale's about to drink juice and he spills it on himself when they just pop in oh yeah when dandy's trying to like help him hone tko oh uh, yeah like uh, that that sequence as well it, it's a reminder of uh, the the laboratory episode right where it's yeah. like, you're the like, best these are all, the worst these are all established things from previous episodes and it really like it makes watching the finale i think even more enjoyable because you see all these subtle callbacks that tie in really well and make total sense and it's just it's really nice i feel like this honestly is a pretty strong season one finale overall yeah and all, another callback dynamite walking shows up again from action yeah. news and she's like this is all culminated to this like, <laughs> she's, she's very breaking she should, the she should have she should have been involved like i said because isn't because she was a big part of this arc in terms of revealing that information about that robot yeah, yeah, that was yeah, definitely. So a, a she had to episode. be there for the finale. She had to be there for the uh, epilogue, at least. Uh, also, Michelle, you said breaking the fourth wall. She literally broke a wall. Wait, <laughs> like she broke a wall. I should go back and check. That's yeah, like, very important. It's a very peaceful background behind her, and then she's like, "the the plaza is in shambles." Like oh she literally gosh. breaks the glass okay. wall. Okay, well that just cinches it then. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that as like a literal fourth wall break. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, th- there's this moment where like uh, everybody tries to fight uh, um, Batsman Jr. and fails. Uh, T- KO is like, I'm going to release T. And then Carol just stops like, hey, guys, teamwork. Friendship. Friendship. Yeah. Oh, that was a random aside. And of course, everybody just runs away as soon as the sign is about to fall on them. And so that's what impulses KO to get TKO out. Um, let's see. There, there's also this scene where Botsman, uh, Raymond, and Shannon are watching uh, Botsman Jr. from the theater. Oh, he's pretty good. Yeah, all right. Yeah, like Raymond and Shannon are impressed. Daryl throws a soda at the screen. <laughs> Have you guys ever gone as far as to throw anything in a theater before? No, only my contempt verbally, but not a physical <laughs> object. Well, that's more than I've thrown, so. Probably <laughs> yeah, I don't throw stuff. <laughs> So I, though at times I do want to maybe like tell like certain little kids to shut up when I'm trying to watch. 
Oh, no! Well, if it's a kid movie, that's really not fair, Steve. I mean, I... Why are you beating kids in this movie? Go home. This is my movie. Well, that's... I, I'm fine with that when it gets to like PG-13, like Star Wars or or Black Panther or something like that. There, you have the right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but because he he gets kicked out of the theater, that this is where he decides to call the board of directors, and we begin to see his plan going into motion. Um, we have the whole fight scene between TKO and uh, and Botsman Junior. We have. Dendi being thrown up to hug TK, TKO midair. That was yeah, very sweet. that was a good piece of animation too. And another that stuck out to me, which cursed me now, was another callback, is when um, Mr. Gar and Carol teaming up and they both do the elbow move. That was definitely a, call, a callback to Glory Days because that's oh, like the yeah. first time That's the, the same that move, move, right? Yeah, and so it's they're like, oh my god, they've come so far. They're like working together again, finally. This finale is just awesome, is what that means. <laughs> it, it, it's bringing back all the good episodes. It's bringing we, back all the good stuff. We didn't get a um a, like the the furries episode. We didn't really get a callback to that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not Canyon. Uh, at least I hope you, not. You, 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 you keep, it is though. You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> on human suit in one of his um YouTube videos yeah. in the Ko video channel. So it is unfortunately canon. I just hope maybe off screen they found a cure for that. I'm sure if anyone could do it, Dendi can. <laughs> uh, so they, they end up uh, defeating. We all we have our happy moment all together. And I think that uh, it's either Dynamite Watkins or just the show puts the end. Like they have the end, but they spell it wrong with a B. I, I'm I'm not sure if that's that's on purpose or not. But um. they noticed that. So good job, Alex. It's just me. I think didn't the old scene of Daryl taking control, box that and happens all that stuff after, after the end. Yeah, so that's like a post-credit sequence. Technically, yeah, it right? is like a post-credit sequence. Uh, oh, also the, uh, uh, with the end, it also says we'll see you next season. So that's nice. Aww. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, so then we have this post-credit sequence where they're holding a funeral for <laughs> for Boxman. That G. was so cute, and I remember now, like when Boxman gets um. You know, unfortunately destroyed. I'm not, I'm never going to get over this, you guys. Um, But then, like, everyone's like, well, who's going to be the new daddy? And, like, little Jethro with this little funeral <laughs> black bow tie. I was like, how about me or something? And then they just, like, brush him aside. But it's just like, oh, my God, daddy Jethro, I'm here for you. <laughs> I yes. mean, if he grew bigger, like... <laughs> Well, I, th- I think baby, I mean, I think, um, you know, junior boxman proves size isn't everything. Sometimes it's <laughs> the chip and how you use it that counts. Well, maybe he should go rob the grave and take his chip. Yeah, he should, <laughs> should rob the grave. Maybe that will happen. Uh, but And yeah, so we have this final scene where uh, the whole plan of Daryl is revealed. The board fires Botsman and then they literally fire him in a cannon of Daryl's to the sun. <laughs> And uh, yes, the cli- the climax of Lord Cowboy Daryl warming his way into my heart in a matter of five seconds. <laughs> How did he warm his way into your heart? I still feel like this is a pretty drastic thing for Daryl to do. I didn't think he was capable of being this evil. I was genuinely surprised by this turn look, of events. Look, man, a desire for revenge can do strange things to a, to a robot. I guess that's true. <laughs> I wonder what that cowboy thing's supposed to be. Brushman Cowboy Bebop or perhaps Oil Tycoon or... I don't know, but we did we did say Cowboy Daryl reference in a card earlier. I believe yeah. in Mystery Science Fair. Was oh, 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 oh. Ko got um, one level higher. He he level. Yeah, he did. He got a whole level higher. He got like point nine plus. That's a lot. I kind of wonder if every. Se- I wonder if every season he's gonna go up one level. Like if we have ten seasons, he could go up to level ten. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that takes some of the mystery away, though, right? If it was just, like, this thing that well, was guaranteed every season. Also, we kind of have to think, do power levels matter? <laughs> I, like, I don't know. It's true. Well, like, to, I, I, the show, at the beginning, like, the first ten episodes or so, we kind of made them really important. But since then, have we really had power level discussion? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I guess it was framed mostly around um, KO's insecurity, right? About displacement. And now that he's getting more just okay doing his thing, it doesn't seem as important. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that'll change the dynamic of season two also. 
Yeah, maybe he'll flaunt his power level to the, all the weaker beings of the plaza. <laughs> that TKO teenage side of him coming out. If yeah, TKO wouldn't do that, but uh, maybe TKO. That's a different story. <laughs> so, yeah, um, all in all, uh, we I think we can all agree this was a very strong season one finale. Um, oh, definitely. W- would you go as far as to say this was best episode of the show so far? No, because as we've said, um, part of the joy is finding all those callbacks and just like appreciating where the characters are now versus what we've seen them grow through the past. I don't what was this? Was this like 52 episodes? How many episodes was this? I want to say 52. Yeah. So I feel like as as its own thing, you lose kind of some of that looking at it as a standalone because I feel like the thing that makes it so good is like knowing these characters and how they got to where they are now. And that's a pretty pivotal part of enjoying it. I'd say as a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's a fair thing to, to think like this episode is, it was a great experience, but because of all the building blocks that we've had to, to really use it as a foundation. Yeah. So, it's, it was a great episode. Um, it's not, it's not on the level of say of, of you know of jailbreak or something like that, but <laughs> well, I wasn't saying I wasn't saying best episode I, ever, but <laughs> I, I think I. But it's I fair to compare the season one finales to each other, like compared to other season one finales. Things and shows, and I feel like you know jailbreak is kind of it, it's trying to accomplish different things, and I feel like everything Ko is and does so well as a show. It's highlighted so much in that finale that I feel like for that reason, it's just like a really strong finale that showcases that particular show style and and cartooniness so well. But that doesn't necessarily Steam Universe's priorities, and that's fine. So I don't compare them too much in terms of like, oh, this one's clearly better. Because I think yeah, but- we want things. Well, that, well, I, well, that's why, though, I am pretty sure Boxman is going is to be okay. This, I, I don't uh- think he's dead. I really, you, again, like, listeners, on the Discord, I was, like, after I, like, stopped ranting in all caps about, like, how upset I was and, like, how could you show? I was like, do you guys really think Boxman's dead for real, though? <laughs> do you think he's back? The only thing I would worry about is the fact that his voice actor is a very big-time voice actor, Jim Cummings. He might not just be available anymore. That's the only reason I might fear for him being dead, but I doubt that. <laughs> Did you see? Well, I mean, the voice actor's still alive, isn't he? They could still bring him back, like, occasionally, couldn't they? Yeah, theoretically. Um, well, I guess we should say something here. Um, it is Monday. We, we've got, yeah. uh, we're a couple days removed from this. Um, well, well, let's put it up to you, Michelle. Do, do you want to know, or do you not want to know? Wait, what are you, what are you saying? You want to see the season uh, two, like, couple clips? There's, there's, there's a season two preview that I could link you, and we could see your live reaction uh, yeah. to it. Or you could try to is, stay unspoiled until the very end. Is something about Poxman gonna happen in the... Uh, Maybe or maybe not. Why are you saying it like that? You guys, do you know how upset I was on Friday? Like, uh, I, I know. That, that's why I'm, I'm unsure if I really want to show you or not. Because, like, it, it might it might do things. <laughs> I, I was, like, I was I, on Friday, I was, like, really excited. I had been told that I was getting this new job that, like, I've wanted for a long time. <laughs> I was going to go on Twitter and tweet about how excited I was. <laughs> watched the finale of OKKO OK and I was so blindsided by Boxman's demise I couldn't think of anything else for like 48 hours I've never I've never been this upset about a character potentially not being on a show anymore uh, well okay then I, I think you deserve to watch this yeah, come on <laughs> watch it Michelle right, do, well, it, we, do it okay, do it so I, uh, for the listeners I've linked the the, vid- the YouTube video of the promo titled Lord Cowboy Daryl so we're going to give Michelle a, let, let, let's hear your live reactions to this video Michelle <laughs> we'll, we'll edit this out in post <laughs> oh my god so advanced Alex <laughs> Oh, beautiful YouTube red ad. Yes. Oh, no ads? Ew. <laughs> we have ads? 
sometimes the ad block if it's still got its way through somehow. Oh, I, guess well, I, I, I normally watch on Firefox, so. Oh, wow. He's got a belt that says daddy. He doesn't have daddy issues at all. You're watching it, Michelle? <laughs> yeah, oh. Steve, shut up. <laughs> okay, he's like happy. He's got his hat. He's walking. Oh. He he's got a lasso. Wow. Okay. Oh, so he actually is being a good businessman. He's like he's making all these robots. He's doing a good job. Oh. <laughs> Deputy Shannon. Okay. Lord Cowboy Daryl. That's his new name. Three months. Okay. He's he's monologuing. <gasps> He's glad he fired him to the sun. Oh, he has so much daddy issues. Oh, Cowboy Zero. You sweet boy. What? No! No! What? Oh my god! Oh my god, I just got back from the sun! Oh my god. You guys should have- Okay, I have to pause. You guys should have told me this over the weekend! When did this come out? Uh, it came out yesterday. <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> the sun just pooped him out. It's the biggest relief I've, I've ever felt. felt. The sun didn't agree with him. It was bad indigestion oh. for the sun. Just, okay, <laughs> he's like gonna be around in the foreseeable future. Well, theoretically, I, I don't think you need to watch the wet, the rest. But the point is that Daryl remains the boss, but Botsman is kind of like, what happened here? So that's the remainder of the promo. So yeah, he's Ludo season two. I guess uh, that's one way to describe it. But so yeah, now that we have that knowledge, how do you feel about a dynamic where Botsman exists, but Daryl is still the boss of Botsmore? I love that because Botsman needs something new to do also because he's been stuck in this rut all season of being distracted by Lakewood Plaza and not getting robots fixed. And there was no reason for him to change that. Um, and so he needs, he needs to have new motivation and have a new like direction to go in his life. And I feel like Cowboy Joe is going to be a great like reason for him to go on that new journey. And I'm really happy because I, another thing I was upset about potentially him dying was like, he, he has so much to learn and I feel like he, he there's so much potential left with Boxman to get rid of him completely would be such a loss this early in the show. But I really love the idea of him being able to do something completely different now that he doesn't have to worry about the robot empire. So I'm like super fine with that. Yeah, that, that that was my take too. Like it's a yeah. change to the status quo, but you're not getting rid of a good character. That's a, kind of like the best of both worlds here. <laughs> yeah, totally. I like that. As a, I'm I'm still, like, coming down. <laughs> like, does, this, does this improve your impression of the finale now? <laughs> Absolutely. Because, again, that was, like, my only complaint. Everything else I was over the moon about. <laughs> I'm really that's okay. You really never know what you have till it's almost gone, you guys. For real. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the moral of this podcast here. Appreciate the good characters you have while they're alive. <laughs> yeah. And, and before you judge an episode, watch the previews for the next one. Yeah, there, there are other previews, but they're not as important. Like, this is the one you needed to watch. <laughs> I'm glad this didn't take up before the finale. It would have made no sense at all. See, you didn't see the part, though, of uh, seeing how the plaza, everyone just dancing, like, spinning, just dancing around in happiness. They're mm -hmm. not attacking the plaza, which gives me hope maybe in this season, um, the robot children and our protagonists can be chill for at least a little bit yeah because that's the thing we need to cover too like what is daryl's deal like is it only to m make money like or does he care about the plaza still not really from that from well it's not a promo but from that sneak peek it looks like he really is business oriented 100 percent. and i can foresee the other siblings being like but we're bored though we want <laughs> that's why we were created to fight things what are we supposed to do Mm -hmm. Well, maybe now we can get maybe like a we can get a continuation of that um rad um Shannon plot. Yeah, well, we we've got a lot of characters to check in on for sure. Yeah, sure. Now we do know. Well, we know that there are three episode 
episode titles from the promos they released, but we don't know dates yet. So we're back to where we were before. It's just like whenever new episodes show whenever up, we'll, we'll, you feel like yeah, it. we'll be here to cover them whenever they well, show sure. up. Well, like so. I said, I'm sure those eventually the robots are going to be going back to fight, trying to destroy the plaza. But for now, just for at least a limited time, let's just do something interesting here with with them trying to be civil towards each other. Uh, Steve just wants robot happiness, and maybe that's what we all should I strive to. It's a worthy goal, but I also like seeing things happen in this show, <laughs> so I am kind of inclined to want them to be, there to be some kind of drama. Steve wants peace. Michelle wants fighting. What <laughs> do we do? <laughs> okay, KO. Hooray! <laughs> like that's the show, right? That's the show. Uh, <laughs> Well, um, until we have other OKKO episodes to talk about, you can find out all the info on this podcast at orallyanimated.com. Michelle mentioned our Discord earlier where we reacted immediately to these episodes. If you want to chat with us there about OKKO or other shows that are premiering, you can always find us there at orallyanimated.com slash Discord. Uh, We also always appreciate any financial help you want to provide our podcast via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Kent, a.k.a. Kent Brockman. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and Hugh. Uh, Alongside OKKO, we also have Star vs. the Forces of Evil podcast. We've got Miraculous Ladybug podcast. Another Steven Universe alumni, Craig of the Creek. We're going to talk about that yeah. a little bit. You spoiled the surprise. That's not a surprise. That's a surprise. Surprise that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's been get, tweeting get with, about it. Get with the program, Steve. <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk uh, about that. But yeah, so uh, Steven Universe has provided a lot of fruits. Uh, we've enjoyed this one, so we'll see how Craig of the Creek does with uh, in following in the footsteps that Cartoon Network has provided. Oh, oh and one more uh, thing, May Fourth. DuckTales is coming back. Oh, yay! Finally! Man, so, I In the U.S. Country. In the U.S. For real. For, here. Okay, in our for country. Real, for real. <laughs> in our country, yeah. In, that, that's in a good, our country. <laughs> that's a, a good um, uh, a disclaimer to put. Uh, but yeah, any, any final thoughts before we leave here, guys? I'm really happy and kind of <laughs> mad at you a little bit, Alex, but mostly happy. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> you see... But just have some peace for at least a little bit, and peace Dendi and become the and Dendi become yeah. officially a main character, the uh, a regular as much as Rad and Enid are. Hashtag Dendi for main cast. Really nice. Yeah. Hashtag add Dendi to the pro to the yeah, intro. Yeah, to the intro. Is she not in the intro? No, I don't think not. she is. I don't think she is. Carol I'm is. I'm confused Dar- with the uh, parody intro and the uh, oh, let's okay Dendi episode when they did their own version. That's true. Well, That's only well, one episode. Yeah, let's make her. Let's give her more of an intro than just that one episode. Make her appear in every episode. Make us happy. <laughs> and maybe Cowboy Daryl can can be the Lotar of the show. Cowboy Daryl in the intro. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Adios. Bye. Bye.